We celebrate today a real historical event. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This is the testimony of our scriptures. And this was witnessed by the apostles and by several others who not only saw the empty tomb, but also encountered the risen Christ for several days after his resurrection. But what about the people in our life, other people in the world and throughout the world, who do not believe in these stories that we find in the Bible? What about those who have not yet even heard about this good news? And what if our own faith is weak and we ourselves struggle at times to believe this? What further proof can we offer of the fact of the risen Christ from the dead and his presence with us today? The answer is the same in every generation. This proof comes from the saints, from God's people, from you and I and those who have allowed the risen Christ to enter our life and to allow the presence of his risen life to radiate to others from ours. This is how I came to believe this mystery. When I was younger, I would go to services on Easter Sunday. Year after year, I would hear the story of Christ rising from the dead. But for several years, for me, it was just a story of the past, a nice story that I could very easily leave behind at the doors of the church. A story that was quickly overshadowed by the Easter bunny and chocolate Easter eggs. It had no relevance for my life, none. But this story became real. The risen Christ for me when my brother at the age of 13 through or after a very difficult time, very difficult struggles, he completely surrendered his life over to the risen Christ. And it was through my brother, who was one year younger than I, that I began to realize that Christ was real and that he had truly risen from the dead by the changes that started to happen in my brother's life. And these changes were real. 
They were indisputable. For example, my brother started to help out my, my mother and to help out around the house in ways that he did not do before without being asked. He would just generously do things around the house just purely out of love. Mom did not have to ask him like she had to naggingly do before. He just started doing acts of kindness toward mom, toward my sister, toward me. And I was going, what in the heck is going on? What has gotten into this brother of mine? We would still get into little arguments. But one thing that changed is he stopped teasing me, which he did all the time before. But we'd still get into arguments. But this is what was different. Afterwards, he would come to me and say, Steve, I'm sorry. And he was very sincere. He never did that before. Another example, we shared a bedroom at, uh, uh, upstairs. And at night, when he thought I was asleep, my brother in the dark would quietly get out of his bed and he would get on his knees, sometimes on his face, and he would pray. He never did this before. And you could tell that this prayer was real. He was talking to someone and he believed that this someone was listening. And he would do this many times in the night, although sometimes I wasn't asleep, and I would witness this through the dark of the bedroom. And of course, I found out later that he was praying for me and for my family. His changes were so real that my friends noticed. And we all grew in a respect for what was happening to my brother. And even though because of our weakness and our cowardice, we were not willing to openly admit it, but we knew that what was happening in him was good and it was desirable. And then three years later, my sister, my sister did the same thing. She surrendered her whole life over to Jesus Christ. And now I am living in the house with two saints. And even though I still resisted myself, the witness of my sister and my brother, little by little, started to wear down this resistance, my disbelief. And I began to hope for the first time that the better life that I longed for was now actually possible that to live a greater, more beautiful love was not just a hope that was unreal, 
It was now tangible, and I could touch it in the life of my brother and my sister. And so at the age of 18, what else could I do? I surrendered my life to the risen Christ. And then I too realized that this was not just a story, that Jesus was real, that he had truly risen. And I was beginning to experience what Jesus could do for me as he did for my sister and my brother. My dear friends, the greatest gift that we can give to another person is the risen life of Christ. To let them encounter that life in us. And this was the purpose of our Lent, of our prayer, our fasting, our almsgiving, was to allow this risen life of the Lord to invade our lives more deeply, to conquer more territory of your heart and mine, so that we could be this greater sign to others in the world. And this is the time where you and I can easily be tempted to give up or throw away the progress and the growth that we have made with Christ this Lent. How sad it would be if we now just let that all go. If I have grown closer to Jesus through prayer, if I have come to Mass every Sunday, how sad it would be if I now let go of those habits and returned to the place where I rarely prayed, where I went to Mass only sporadically. How sad if I let that go. And if I have become through Lent more generous in giving my life, of sharing the blessings of God more lavishly with others, how sad it would be if I returned to a more self-absorbed life, a self-centered life. And if I have overcome my attachments to certain things through fasting and self-denial, May I not go back and be a slave again to these things, but to live in the joy of a greater freedom that God gave me through Lent. My dear friends, let us be the proof. Let us be a real living sign to the world that Christ indeed has risen. If we do not bring it to the world, who will? Christ is risen. Alleluia. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. And the world will know it through you and me.
Amen.